This is HomePod Defense Squad for Sunday, November 24th, 2019. I'm Joe Farrell. Hit it. HPDS, your number one source for all things tech news from the good to the bad to the vapor. Joining me, as always, is the product manager of the Sega Saturn in San Francisco, California, Mr. Evan Hirsch. How you doing? Joe, I, answer me this. I think we're like both like decently like middle of the road attractive guys, right? I would I like okay. to believe that I am a solid six. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna give myself a seven because I've got slightly more self-esteem than you, but I could I could also see like a hard a, like a hard six. But regardless, the reason I say this is because like recently I've been on TikTok a bit, and I've, I noticed something like really interesting about the platform as I went there, right? And that is that it's the most boring content I've seen in my life, and I was like really perplexed as to like why anyone is looking at any of this stuff. And it took me about like an hour to realize because, you know, I'm looking for other opportunities. You know, I don't want to be a programmer forever, right? I want to, as all as everyone who's ever met me for more than 30 minutes has known, my goal is to become a viral internet sensation, right? And I've been thinking more and more recently that maybe TikTok is the right play. Um, but the problem is that <laughs> I think you need to be hot. I think that's the I think that's the recipe for success here. Is that a cutoff <laughs> on TikTok? Do you have to be I think it is. I is don't it, think they're like it, it's just people dancing to fucking like dumb anime shit. And like TikTok like impersonating the CW, serial killers. Is TikTok like the CW of like video streaming platforms? Holy fucking shit it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like Okay, wait, 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 wait. Holy shit, Joe, I think you're really onto something. So like on TikTok, everyone does the same exact shit, except it's just a different person doing it each time. Just like CW shows, they're all fucking soap operas. They just reskin them. And uh, that's- Sometimes they're shooting an arrow. Sometimes they're running really fast. Sometimes they're like, I, I don't even know, zombies in a comic book town. I don't really know what happens in that one. <laughs> fucking Riverdale, I don't, uh, are there zombies in Riverdale? I thought there were zombies in that one. I don't think there are. Um, I, but like, yeah, it's all reskins and it's all like really boring content that you go and check out because you, you like looking at hot people. And like, I don't know, Joe. I'm, I'm I'm a little distressed because I don't think I'm that hot. I don't think I'm hot enough for this. And I'm just kind of having to like reconcile with myself that maybe I'm not cut out for the TikTok life and I'm going to have to wait for the next big thing to come along. Maybe, well, maybe, maybe by the time I'm like, maybe by the time I get my AARP card, right, there's going to be like the next hot thing for like all the millennial Gen Z like seniors. And we're going to finally have our chance in the sun. But I think I, don't know. I think that's what we need to create. I mean, I think we yeah. need to create an ugly people inclusive TikTok. Uh, um, so a, a TikTok, so a social a TikTok where no one actually has to see my face. Yeah. I think that's Twitter. Oh. So, okay, so just use Periscope. Yeah, okay, oh. become a Periscope star. Uh, Periscope's dead, dude. Fucking, remember Periscope? Remember Meerkat? 
Remember Meerkat? Yeah, dude, Meerkat's fucking hilarious. Oh my god. Um, holy shit. Yeah, it's... Dude, there's so many dead social networks that, like, rose to fame and then quickly, like, died. I'm shocked that TikTok has had, like, the staying power that it has. Like, I mean, well, actually, we have no idea whether or not it actually has staying power, right? Like, Vine, everybody was like, that's the big thing for, like, about a year until people just didn't give a shit anymore. Well, I mean, TikTok is just everybody waiting around for Vine 2, right? Oh, I don't know. I don't think so. Like, that's the thing is I'm so I'm really hyped for Vine 2, which is called Bite now. Right. Um, It's called Bite. It's got its own new branding. It's made by I forget the guy's name, but like I'm hyped for it. But I don't think it is because like there's an insane amount of like kids on TikTok. Right. There's an insane like TikTok is insanely popular with like the generation that were the generation beneath us that were smushed in the middle between you and I. Um, and the, I think a lot of like these kids didn't grow up with vine. They might've grown up with like a few vines, but like they didn't really post to it. So like, I don't think they're really attached to vine in the way that like you or I am. So I don't, I don't know if bite's going to do incredibly well. (laughs) I want it to, I want vine back so bad. Vine was such a, vine was such a big like boost for the, for the internet culture as a whole. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I want Vine to come back. I, I, I do I, want I, Vine to come back. I really do. I, I, I stand firm in my belief that TikTok is just everybody sitting in a waiting room waiting for Vine to come back. I stand firm in my belief that you're old. I, okay, that's fine. <laughs> right? That's fine. Well, yeah. Either way, we've got a lot of we've we, we got a hell of a show coming up so we you do. got the stadia uh yes. twitter has got 2fa we've yes. got a robot lawyer apple Ooh. has pulled user reviews yeah uh disney plus launched uh, this week or yep. last week no last week and mm-hmm. we've got a uh we've got an e-truck 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 I e-truck.com is the technical term e-truck.org mm-hmm e-truck.org is now being sold to another organization that's going to charge insane amounts of exorbitant amounts of price or exorbitant prices in order to register these domains anyways that's a news story for another time it sounds like an important news story it does we should we should cover it maybe uh, <laughs> but, maybe some journalists should cover that one yeah we're not journalists we're All right, fucking let's idiots. talk about uh let's talk about gaming uh i would love to <laughs> let's talk about high latency gaming evan okay uh, look now now look here fucker all right so okay let me i'm gonna i want this like the next five minutes to be the most like inclusive understanding of where i come from when i'm reviewing google stadia which for those who don't know google stadia is a game streaming platform it is a game streaming platform made by google now what is cloud gaming i hope people pick (laughs) up on that reference (laughs) now (laughs) What is cloud gaming? Um, cloud gaming is when, uh, essentially, you stream a game in the way that you stream a movie. Right now, games are played more or less using the compute power of the device running them. If you're playing a game on your phone, your phone's doing all the processing. Your Xbox, your PlayStation, your Switch, it's doing all the processing. And that's why you're usually, unless the game requires multiplayer, able to play them offline. Um, the problem is that in order to, games are getting really big. Um, 
Destiny 2 is now, I'm, I'm playing Modern Warfare on my PlayStation. The thing's over 100 fucking gigabytes. Like, they're really goddamn big. Um, and, uh, like, there's not a lot of space. And then what if you want to play these games on, like, different devices? And what if you're running a $300 Chromebook and you want to play Assassin's Creed Odyssey? Well, the answer to that is to stream the game. Essentially, uh, servers in a data center have all the compute power that you usually use to play a game. Graphics, cards, RAM, all that stuff. And they stream a video feed of that game to whatever device you're using. So you can play your game on anything. The downside of this is unlike Netflix and all these other services, you can't buffer because everything needs to be instant. So it's been an incredibly hard problem that like first what became a thing about almost eight, nine years ago with OnLive um, and has kind of been chopped at ever since by a bunch of different companies. Sony bought a company called Gaikai and made PlayStation Now. Um, but like all these services never really worked, even if you had perfect internet connections. Um, so Google Stadia runs off a of Chromecast, has a really nice controller that I actually really love outside of the fact that like the rumble motor is a little obnoxious. Um, and runs off of your PC right now using a Chrome browser or Mac um, and a Chromecast Ultra. There's an insane amount missing from this fucking thing. Um, like you can only buy games using the app on your phone. Um, so if you don't have an Android or iPhone, you literally can't set it up or buy games. Um, you have to spend $130 on the founder version right now in order to even work. It doesn't actually like work with other Chromecast Ultras as of yet because it has to update. Uh, they have to update all of them. Um, it doesn't work on phones that aren't Pixel phones right now. It doesn't work on iPad. Um, there's an insane amount of stuff it doesn't do. Does, doesn't have achievements right now and all that stuff. But for the good stuff, one, it's already launched with more social suite, uh, social features than the fucking Switch has. Granted, it's a low bar, but like you got to give them that, that they have a fucking friends list and you can invite people to games. Um and you, there's online voice parties. Like, this shouldn't have to be, like, a thing that I'm yelling about in, like, current year. But, fuck, the Switch doesn't even have game invites. <laughs> so, like, it's kind of shitty. Um, so Stadia does that, at least. And it does a bunch of awesome stuff. And I have a whole Twitter thread about it. And at least from what I've been using, I've had literally almost no issues with latency. Like, it, not to say it's perfect. You can feel it. Like, there's a difference. Um, it is not as perfect as like a PlayStation or an Xbox. When you play games on it, you will feel a little bit of latency. However, it is uh, the first ever game streaming platform I've ever tried where you can absolutely get used to it. Like it's, I got, I get used to it within like a minute or two of turning it on. And for the past three days, in order to actually test this thing, I've only been playing Destiny 2 on Stadia. And very rarely I'm kind of like, oh shit, I'm on a streaming platform. Like it's actually kind of insane how how well they've done this. Um, now I've noticed that a bunch of reviews, I'd say like most of the reviews have been shitting on this thing. And I at first I was like, they probably aren't like, you know, big streaming early adopters like me. They probably didn't know what they were getting into. But also I think I've started to realize that I'm in San Francisco right now. And <laughs> my experience might be, very different from everyone else's. So over the next week, I'm going home back to New York for Thanksgiving, and I'm going to test this fucking thing out. I'm going to give it the ropes. I'm going to try it in rural New York. I'm going to try it 
in airports. I'm going to try it everywhere because um, I want to see if this really is the future of game streaming or if xCloud's just going to fucking wipe the floor with it in about like six months. Yeah. Um, my my current review is don't buy it. <laughs> you don't need it um, unless you're like unless you're like me and you you're the type of person who's like I wanted a Chromecast Ultra anyways, and this comes with a copy of Destiny to play on it. Sure. Um, that was my fucking logic for spending money on it. Um, was that I need I I needed a Chromecast, and um, also here's a copy of Destiny on my computer that I can play on my MacBook. So that's solid. But for like most people, I would say just wait for it. Um, I think the business model is going to change because I think that needs work. I think there's a lot of shit that's going to change because I think it needs work. But anyways, Joe, ask me questions. Fire away. Okay. What's yeah? So first of all, the most mm-hmm. fascinating thing to me about the Google Stadia is mm-hmm. not, or is rather, is the fact that. What they are fighting against is nature itself. Um, yes. They are so to give people a general sense of exactly what Google is up against here, mm-hmm. when you are running, say, Ethernet cable for a not generally for a house, but mm-hmm. well, I guess this is maybe for a house, but say a large building. The absolute longest you can run a cable, generally speaking, is about a hundred meters. Because electrical wire or electrical signals are going to degrade after about that distance. So mm. now imagine that you're running that over hundreds of miles. Mm-hmm. So not only is it degrading, but it has to be continually renewed. Obviously, what we're dealing with here is going to be dealing with some pretty immense distances we're, we're dealing with literal physical limits here oh we're, we're dealing you're literally the biggest limit is the fucking theoretical limit that is the speed of light <laughs> like so computer scientists ran up against this exact problem like what 60 years ago <laughs> 70 yeah. years ago when they're like and, golly gee whiz i wish we could make our processors <laughs> more powerful but if we make them any bigger they won't work anymore yeah it's it's insane uh and it's a really cool problem it's a problem that i've, I've been thinking about for a long time and i'd love to work on take the hint google and microsoft and like i would i i've really been like you know someone who sees this as the future of gaming eventually but like also there are because of the fact that you're not dealing with like you're you're dealing with actual physical constraints to how like reality works in order to get this thing off the ground like no network can in theory go faster than like the speed of light and like even then if you have a direct line right from a to b we don't you have like hops and jumps and a bunch of crazy shit to get from point a to point b so the fact that stadia even works as well as it does is incredible because honestly i had doubts that anything would ever get to this point ever so for me i'm fucking thrilled that something has passed this theoretical benchmark that i never even thought possible um that's fucking cool it's cool as shit uh and i'm hope i'm really really excited for what microsoft decides to do with xcloud because like they actually have like video games to put on this so it's gonna be really interesting to see like how this shapes up and i i also think additionally so it's really funny because with cloud gaming, yeah. I think gamers are just pissed off, but mm-hmm. engineers as a whole are just beside themselves because they're, they're just fascinated. 
yeah. engineers just engineers love it and gamers hate it and i mm-hmm. think that's pretty much gonna be the way it is for a long time yeah um i also think the problem with this is that um they've marketed this horribly oh like so okay. they've marketed this horribly um and uh, this at first this was surprising that they marketed it as horribly as they did until you realize that the same person who is in charge of this product and marketing this product came from Microsoft marketing the Xbox One and before that came from Sony marketing the PS3 so like it's so it's it's really not it's not that much of a shock that like this was not sold properly cuz like what was funny is that the PS3 and the Xbox One had the issue of not being so, uh, the Xbox One was not sold as a hardcore gaming console initially. This is sold when it when the Xbox One should have been, and this is sold as a hardcore gaming console when it shouldn't be. So like, because I think that this is well, he's learning. Yeah, he's learning. <laughs> um, they're they're filling they're filling gaps in the market. I think in theory that like that exist. Um, I think that like in about five years right the person who just on average plays like fifa right and really only has a console to play fifa why why would they buy a 400 dollars box to play fifa like that's crazy you know they don't play enough and it's more of a casual thing for them but like the only way to play fifa actually that isn't like the shitty mobile version on your phone is to essentially like the gap between it's a free game on my phone and it's the real deal is 400 fucking dollars, which is actually like a lot of money, you know, to go from I'm a casual gamer to I play this thing. So actually, I think that streaming services like Stadia, like xCloud will fill in those gaps. Uh, and I'm, I'm excited to see where it goes. Um, but yeah, that's my review of Stadia. Uh, it's super cool, at least for now, but also it's an ongoing service. There's a lot of shit it didn't launch with, but someone posted a tweet earlier today that was like, reviewing Stadia today is like reviewing YouTube on day one. Like, it's kind of a a dumb thing to do because it's a service that's just going to keep evolving. Yeah, I Um, think it's too iterative a process to make a definitive call. Exactly. So my call is, you don't need to buy one right now. In the future, I think, based on what they've announced, yeah, you could probably, like, you you might want to get it but also in the future all you won't even need to fucking buy it in the future you'll it'll be they're gonna remove the fucking founders edition limit you'll just be able to log into stadia.google.com like pay ten dollars for pro and fucking play some games on it and like and you can decide then whether or not it's a value prop like its value proposition makes sense to you and i think Um, what you're saying is a pretty good indicator of what we're dealing with here you continue to say in the future and i think that's what this is at the end of the day it's it's futurist technology it is so it's an indicator of more devices to come better devices to come uh Mm -hmm a an upswing in a an area of technology yeah i wouldn't even say devices like it's it's services yeah, right it is services. Ga- it is games as a service right i think the hardware that they've launched with the controller is perfectly fine uh i'm i'm enjoying it as much as i enjoy a xbox one controller and a dual shock 4 and a switch pro controller and that's kind of like really great you know especially considering that in the past 
10 years, we've had some really shitty controllers like the Ouya. <laughs> like, honestly, the fucking Wii U Pro controller, which is not good. Um, but like the, yeah, I think they got more right than I expected them to. And that's like, I don't know if that's a good thing. Um, maybe, maybe it suggests that I expected them to wildly fail. But honestly, every single cloud gaming service has been a wild failure up until this point in which it's kind of like, oh, shit, this one kind of somewhat works. So I think this kind of, at least for me, is that watershed moment. Right. Okay. Uh, but it's still just wait for it. Wait for it. Don't get it now. So games as a service. I think games the as a service. takeaway here is that Sundar Pichai has gas. Um, yeah. <laughs> all right. So Twitter. Yes. I like Twitter. I I like Twitter too much. I have a problem with Twitter. Yeah. I'm addicted to the platform. There's a certain thing that we don't like about Twitter, and that is uh, the fact that users had to have SMS enabled yeah. to use 2FA. Yep. It was a serious problem. It was, actually. Uh, and so in the year of our Lord, 2019... Praise be his name, Jack Dorsey. <laughs> Jack Dorsey got hacked. Hell yeah. <laughs> In the year of our Lord, Lord, the Lord, Lord's Twitter got hacked. And so, God, what, did we even make it 30 days? Like, I, I don't even I don't even know if we I don't even think it's been 30 days. Was that was that November or was that October? But either way, know. time's a fucking blur. Certainly less than two months later, uh, mm -hmm. Twitter has announced that they will be disabling SMS based two factor authentications mm -hmm. for their accounts. And they are only going to be using or th rather that you will be able to disable SMS based two factor yes. authentication and you'll be able to use an alternative method only. Yep. Because previously, in order to use an alternative method, you also had to have SMS based on, which yes. sort of killed it. Mm -hmm. It absolutely did. Kind of an issue. Kind of a gigantic, glaring issue. Yes. And I'm thrilled that they've done this because, again, SMS is insecure. Granted, unless you're a public figure, you probably won't get hacked with SMS. But I like to see myself as a public figure. Um, I'm very well known. I have a Twitter account with checks Twitter account, 711 followers. Known to yourself, um, if nothing. Yes, yeah, I I don't. So I have to make sure that you know my Twitter account is in tip top pristine shape, um, and I don't want that hacked at all. So I keep my security as tight as can be, ah. uh, and you should too. Here's here's the thing. Oh, so we I was wrong actually. Uh Jack Dorsey was hacked on August 30th. Time oh. is an illusion. Time is an illusion, man. Fucking I don't want to have to talk about that right now. Like that's a whole other conversation that you and they I They did use a sim swap though, so I'm <laughs> Well, it, yeah, I'm it just going to say this I'm just going to say that this is definitively not a coincidence <laughs> well i i think what what happened was okay i think there's actually two separate things we're getting a little confused here so like thing number one is that uh jack dorsey got sim jacked which basically meant that like some idiot carrier basically assigned some people his phone number they then t sent 
those that phone, they sent uh, text messages to the service that allows you to tweet from SMS. Um, and because those messages were coming from that phone number, they came out from Jack Dorsey's account because right. who else could have that phone number? After that happened, Twitter disabled that within days. Days. Twitter days. disabled this within days. Um, then I think now this is also I would I don't I still don't think it's a coincidence. Got to tighten those screws. Yeah. Oh yeah. But also like, fuck. It's it's like I, I wish it didn't have to be. Our CEO gets hacked. This is how we're going to deal with things. Um. Oh well. That's I, life, I, man. You just have to start hacking Jack Dorsey to get things. Oh, well, speaking of which. Speaking uh, of which. Speaking of things that we finally got on Twitter, I don't know if you've noticed this, but we no. can schedule tweets on Twitter now. What? Oh, <laughs> on the website, I'm guessing. Yes, on the on the site, on the place that you never go to. <laughs> I don't go to the site. Um, yeah, I, but, I do occasionally, but... Oh, uh, well... We're, we're getting it, um, but I don't think it's out yet. This is all part of Twitter's plan to kill TweetDeck, right? Yes. Well, I've oh. So I've got it right now. Um, mm -hmm. and so first of all, it looks not good. But yeah. like this is actually the one instance in which I very much like them to maybe hijack my scroll bar a little bit. They need to fix mm -hmm. the drop down. I, I have a lot of design issues. They did not mm -hmm. put a lot of time into this like clearly not yeah not from a front-end perspective but hey it's functional and i really should not complain <laughs> yeah i honestly so a lot of people are like don't kill my tweet deck don't kill my tweet deck but honestly like there's so many features that are limited to tweet deck that i wish were on like a mobile app um the well, two things are like, hey joe i don't know if you know this but i used to run an esports club you might know a thing or two about th that club now um but the thing about it is just... that talking to make an inside jokes that no one will understand i don't give a shit joe the thing, the thing is that um uh tweet deck has a few features uh for managing a twitter account that are really useful that just fundamentally are not available on the mobile app so those features are a scheduling tweets and b um having multiple uh essentially team accounts right so Twitter does not have team accounts yet. Um, and Twitter, so scheduling tweets is coming to web, um, I guess. So you don't have to use TweetDeck for that because TweetDeck outside of like a pay, uh, paid services like Buffer are the only way to really post scheduled tweets or schedule content. Um, and they killed that in the they're, Well, they're, they're, they're killing that, yeah. They, so, yeah. So like hopefully they put it on mobile. And hopefully they put team accounts on mobile because right now the only way to have a shared account that exists on your phone that you can tweet from is to just have the username and password to that account and sign into it, which is a huge security vulnerability for shared accounts. Like you do not want this. That is not the way it works. Hope like on TweetDeck, you have the ability to essentially grant account access to a team. You can say, I would like this person to have access to this account. And then they can tweet from it, which is like really useful because you can just revoke that at any point. The problem is it only exists in TweetDeck, which is not a mobile app. So if you have social media managers who, who need to tweet from their phones, you can't fucking do it. Unless you give them the Twitter app on their phone uh, or you, you log into Twitter on their phone, which again, security risk. So I hate it. Oh, well, this is my Twitter rant. Uh, so many Twitter rants. Okay, mm. next up, 
All right. Yeah. So are you familiar with the do not pay application? Uh, I've heard of it. Yeah. So the do not pay app is out there for people who apparently get a lot of parking tickets. So you pay a $3 a month subscription and it will appeal parking tickets for you, essentially. And the okay. idea is that it uses a form of machine learning to get you out of parking tickets. That's Which, amazing. Yeah, right? I mean, if yeah. you suck at parking, sure. Mm -hmm. Now, the creators of this app have come out with something for people who are competent parkers, but maybe mm -hmm. use the internet. Right. This is called Do Not Sign. Mm -hmm. And the idea is it's a robot lawyer that reads license agreements. Okay. And what it does, it ties into the Do Not Pay month $3 subscription fee, so there's nothing added on. It's mm -hmm. all bundled in, and you input license agreements... And it highlights clauses that it thinks the users need to know, including options to opt out from data collection. That's really the big one. So if there's a mm -hmm. clause in there with actionable items that you would need to take to opt out of something, it's going to highlight that for you so that you can choose to take those actions. Right. Or if it finds something that it deems worthy of warning you about, it's going to highlight that too. So essentially what it does is it boils EULAs down to something that you could parse rather than 90 pages of nonsense. Mm -hmm. For $3 a month, not bad. That isn't bad. It's really cool. I love the fact that essentially bureaucracy is such a fucking sham that now we, we have robots to do it. Also, I think that's an incredibly cyberpunk thing overall. Like, I'm super into it. Yeah, I'm I was super into say, cyberpunk robots doing shit for us. This speaks less to the state of artificial intelligence or mach machine learning and more mm -hmm. to the state of, like, license agreements. <laughs> oh, yeah. like <laughs> And the internet in general. <laughs> and the internet in general. And, and just, just the way that, I don't know. It's it's fucking cyberpunk as shit. I love it. I'm so into it. Um, but yeah, no, like training training AI to essentially read a contract and just kind of like pick out important parts of the contract isn't really like that crazy. Uh, it's it's all just a, just building up, right? Like training sets and just and just essentially highlighting those parts of training sets that are important. And if like lawyers are trained in a similar way and contracts are written in a similar standard, like corporate way in like the united states then it's easy with like a certain amount of confidence to pick out like the contracts that make sense or the the parts of the contract that like should be read those are the assumptions. it's a pretty cool and concept if the if the agreement is assumed to be valid then mm -hmm. yeah you, you would assume oh, yeah. that they would be consistent or reasonably right. consistent in the sense that in in a way that a uh an algorithm could detect right yeah no it's it's cool i i actually and would like i i think i will try this out i might try it out too uh i'm gonna try it on I, the itunes eula eula or whatever the fuck it's called i'm hyped because i don't like i like telling people to read contracts but i don't actually like doing it myself oh i never do it oh yeah like, so this I, is, I, this i'll is, cop to that i, I just don't. oh yeah i don't i don't read them 
Uh, I read, so there's, I do read some privacy agreements, specifically like I will read privacy agreements for smart home shit. If I'm buying a camera for my house now, like I read the fucking privacy agreement. On oh, that. They're not to. that long. They're only a few pages, right? Like they're not that long. Like I, I, I read more on Twitter every day than this shit. So wow. I just kind of scroll through and I'm like, when can you see my shit? Um, I don't know. So maybe this is going to be a useful thing for me. So I don't have to do that. Who knows? Okay. So yeah. moving on to uh, exactly what we were just talking about. Apple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Apple. So Apple has an online retail store. I don't. That they do. Uh, I don't actually go to their retail store very often. Um, I go to it all the time. I own everything on there. Uh, <laughs> I lose everything on there. So I go to it all the time. So uh, what's happened with that store, Joe? The deal here is that Apple has pulled all the customer reviews from their online mm-hmm. retail store. This isn't their app store or their not iTunes store anymore, but music store, whatever, whatever, you're, whatever they're calling it. I can't remember. But this is the mm-hmm. retail store. This is where you go when there's a new iPhone. This is where you go to buy the AirPods Pro. AirPod Pro. Did I get it right the first time? Uh, I don't know. Honestly, I kind of phased out when you said it. Okay, whatever. <laughs> yeah. AirPod or yeah. AirPods Pro, but whatever. So they re- that's where mm-hmm. they removed the ratings from. So yeah. I, I don't really know why they wouldn't do this, honestly. Mm-hmm. I, I don't see a reason yeah, I mean, why there would be reviews on here to begin with. The fact of the matter is Apple has kind of an absurd amount of market share and you don't see a lot of reviews on proprietary websites to begin with. You don't see. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't see reviews on the Best Buy site. Uh, what? Wait, really? I thought there were reviews. On are the there Best reviews Buy on site. the Best Buy site? I don't think there are reviews on the Best Buy site. I'm fairly certain there are because I see them in the store when they print them out on the stickers. Um, I mean, it's not like I ever go to BestBuy.com to buy things, but like, I don't know. Like, I so Apple disabling this kind of makes sense. I mean, the the thing with the Apple Store is like. I don't know. I mean, it makes some sense. It also doesn't. I do actually buy third-party shit from the Apple Store just because it's kind of convenient sometimes. Apple Pay is convenient. This is convenient. I have 3% cash back on the Apple Card, whatever, fucking licking the boot of, like, Tim Cook or some shit. Okay, like, I don't correction. Give a shit. Best Buy I mean, does uh, have reviews. I was wrong. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm always right, as you know. And the the thing with, like, I, honestly, I could see either way. Like, so they... Some reviews on the Apple store were kind of like dumb as shit. Like they were just like two star reviews on like fucking like charging cables uh, and stuff like that. Um, uh, but like, yeah, the reviews were just kind of pretty bad overall. Um, they were I, I usually like read an article from The Verge that convinced me to buy something off the Apple store rather than like an Apple store review. None of them really dissuaded me. I mean, yeah, look, if I need my 90, if I need my 98 watt charger or whatever the fuck it is for my MacBook. It's not like a one star review is going to fucking dissuade me from buying it. Like, I don't have a choice. So I'm going to make two points here. Yeah. Uh, the first point is one. Mm-hmm. If you're going directly to the Apple store rather than, mm-hmm. say, Best Buy or Amazon, yeah. then you're probably going to buy it regardless. It t- completely independent of the reviews. Oh, yeah. You're probably not looking at the views at, reviews at all. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, I would be willing to bet significant money that their metrics show that that is one of the least clicked buttons on their page oh yeah 
And secondly, mm-hmm. from a design standpoint, yes. I would also bet that this was not due to low reviews. I would bet that it was because Apple's entire design philosophy is based around minimalism. And Um. the ratings and reviews section was definitely the opposite of that, despite the fact that it was generally a collapsed thing. When Mm -hmm. you expanded it, it was just this weird wall of text that didn't it it wasn't cohesive with the rest of the of the site and i think um, uh, by removing that they make it a much more unified i'm going to i'm going to say a little bullshit on that like i don't think that's the case i think apple like knew what they were doing i think getting rid of reviews was like an absolute like choice in order to increase sales because like there, there, there are bullshit reviews on every website for like products. Well, see, that that's exactly the thing. Is there's ter- they they have bad reviews on every website. I don't see any reason why. I I don't see any reason why having bad reviews on their site would mm-hmm. be the well moving indicator that would cause them to remove reviews from their site. Because I, there aren't I really bad do believe it was a design choice. Because five stars like indicate basically. Let's put it this way. I I do think that like a lower star count on a product makes people less likely to buy it than a higher start count does like that's just how it works on like on amazon i don't buy sh- if i see something that's like only four stars and not four and a half i'm like something's wrong i just think that's less the case on the apple website i think if you're going directly to the apple website you are already you are already fairly well into the ecosystem i i, the I think yeah i think yes. everyone else is going to amazon Oh, yeah. I think most people are going to Amazon. If you're going to be influenced, if you're looking for ratings, if you're looking for reviews, Mm -hmm. if you're going to be influenced by those things, you're not going to the Apple site. Oh, yeah. No, that's true. So I do do think I'm I'm standing firm on my belief that it was a design choice. Yeah. If only they'll get rid of podcast reviews next. Just kidding. Rate us five stars (laughs) on Apple Podcasts. Um, But yeah, I... I think I'll I'll still agree to disagree there, but um, I think regardless, it's it's an interesting move for like basically you and me because we're the only two people who buy stuff from the Apple website. This is true. Yep, and that's literally a once a year when they uh, come out with a new iPhone. Speaking of that, oh yeah, well, what about the 16-inch MacBook, Joe? Ah, the 16-inch MacBook. We don't I... have this on the show notes, but I'd love to talk about it. Ah. Uh... Can we talk about it? Let's. Mm. We we had too much stuff. Let let's save oh, it for next one week. of my favorite it, things it about this show is just me. It's just me like literally like planning the show with Joe in the middle of it. <laughs> Stop planning this show. I <laughs> I do all this pre work. I know you do, and then I just kind of like minutes in, and then and then like yeah, and then forty minutes in, I come up and I'm like, oh yeah, there's this other thing we'd like to talk about, and I just kind of try to make you like readjust the schedule in the Disney floor. Plus alright let's go to Disney Plus Disney <laughs> it's Plus out. came out it's fine and everyone's <laughs> obsessed with the Mandalorian I don't know why I watched like 15 minutes of it and I'm like eh. how are you not obsessed with the Mandalorian did you wait did you not even finish the first episode nope 
Okay, so first of all, they're like 30-minute episodes. I feel like you not being able yeah, to... Yeah, and it didn't even hold episode. my attention for that long. It didn't hold my attention. Are you not a fan of, like, westerns? Yeah, I'm not. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay, so if you're not a fan of westerns, then you're probably not going to like them. Anyway. My, my father will, like, murder me upon hearing this because he is, like, diehard western fan number uh, number one. If, if um, you didn't get into, like... The Magnificent Seven and that kind of thing. Then oh, I loved that. You okay. mean you mean Hateful Eight? Hateful Eight, that too. Hateful Eight. Hateful I eight. love Hateful. It's good. Hateful Eight's so fucking good. Um, but yeah, so I didn't like it. But uh, everybody on Twitter has been raving about it. So like most things that people on Twitter rave about, like Succession, I'm just gonna give it another shot. Um, but like, Man, Succession is good. Succession's so fucking good, dude. <laughs> but like, so yeah, good. it's. I love that show so much. Um, I love Roman Roy, <laughs> the best character. Oh, Ro- I think I had for like about a week Roman as my Discord profile picture. But anyways, um, fucking yeah, like Disney Plus is good. Like as far as like, okay, it it did have that huge first day problem. Do you remember exactly what happened then? Uh, they hosted everything on AWS and then their DevOps engineers were like, oh shit. And, <laughs> and then a couple of people got fired and a couple of people worked 48 hour shifts and yep. then welcome we all to, moved on. <laughs> welcome to fucking hosting services. That's the thing that a lot of people don't get is that actually the technology side of running an app is a lot harder than having a television channel i say a Not couple people say, got fired i'd be willing to bet nobody got fired over that yeah i mean they they were saying for months that they were prepared and then they just weren't which is still the, hilarious i i still don't think the problems were tremendously bad like the the mm. service as a whole did not go down uh which is fairly impressive like yeah it they were like intermittent outages that mm-hmm. were kept to certain availability zones. So right. like that that's like best case scenario right there. <laughs> oh yeah. When you've got no. the, when you've got literally the biggest launch in the history of content streaming services. Right. There's no be- there's no better scenario. <laughs> yeah, I I don't think there was ever a launch. Well, so there obviously wasn't a, a, ever a launch this big, but I'm I'm looking back and I'm trying to think of like all the times that streaming services ever actually like had big launches because usually game they never have big launches. Usually they just kind of creep up just game. of and Thrones. Yeah. I'd say the, the biggest, like I'd say the biggest new streaming service to have launched since the age of streaming services was HBO now. And that's, that wasn't like a huge, it was just a huge thing because it was like, Oh shit, I can have HBO without a cable subscription. Like that was kind of a big deal back then. Remember when that was a big deal? Um, but I don't know. Like it's never we've never had like a highly anticipated streaming service before. So this is pretty cool. I'd say like as far as the app from what I've used, it's it basically is Netflix. Uh, like it's the same UI. Yeah, I I mean essentially, I it it has its own set of problems. So. It's mm-hmm. it's sort of Netflix right when Netflix first came out. It's missing a few like quality of life features. So it doesn't yeah. um it doesn't move on to the next episode quite the way you want it to. 
Yeah. There's no, I think there's no indicator of mm-hmm. which episodes you've watched. Just uh, yet. I, I think there is. Or it's hard, or it's not, or it's not super easy to tell. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think I opened up the Mandalorian to see how far I went into it, which is about ten minutes. But um, yeah, I think I think I, there was one, but it's yeah. There's they they have some UI stuff to do again. Disney's not a software company. They bought one. They don't really know how to talk to them. Yeah, it's, it's at the end it's of the day, obvious. They're a content company. Like they're not a tech yeah. company. They're coming at this from no. a content angle. This is going to be a completely yeah. new product. And I think yeah, Disney knows how to do content well, as evidenced by the Mandalorian. Like I still haven't seen it, but everyone seems to love it. And that's that was the thing for me. It was like this show makes or breaks Disney Plus. That's the other people, thing. And actually, yeah. this is really what I wanted to talk about. Was yeah. I watched the Mandalorian? Mm-hmm. I that was the first thing I did on yes. Disney Plus. Was I sat down and mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna watch the first episode of the Mandalorian. Finish yes. the first episode of the Mandalorian. I'm like that was the one of the greatest things I've seen in a really long time. Seriously, uh, I thought the acting was bad. Well, you were wrong. And but then I was flipping around and I'm like, okay, now what do I do? Yep, that's what I realized was after I was like, okay, I'm gonna put the Mandalorian down and I'm gonna because I wasn't into it at the time. I'm gonna try it again and I might be totally wrong. I've been remember you were wrong about Watchmen like three, four weeks ago. So I can be wrong about this. (laughs) Um, And I like Dickinson is still better. So whatever. No, it's not. But like a fucking English teacher, dude, you're a goddamn English teacher. (laughs) So the the thing, though, yeah, is that Disney Plus, unless you're like a hardcore fan of like classic Disney content doesn't have anything else like mandalorians the apple tv plus has more original content than disney plus right now in terms of like shows that i that i care about and that's honestly a shock because apple tv plus has like maybe two shows i would be interested in and disney plus has like one yeah that was sort of the problem was like i'm i'm sitting i'm like okay so i could watch the marvel movies or i could watch star wars i don't Mm -hmm. really feel like doing that right now um like i i could see myself sitting down for like a saturday and watching several marvel movies as like mm-hmm. a day-long thing yeah but i don't just want to sit down and watch iron man just like one movie that's I, not really a kind of thing i tend to do yeah and i you know what i wish i think one of the things that disney is missing disney plus as a whole um i think with the backlog and i don't know why this is just my the, my fucking pm hindbrain just peeking out just to be like feature idea why the fuck does this streaming service not have playlists why can't people make edit and share playlists of like stuff why can't i make an mcu playlist why can't i make like a disney movie playlist it can barely play the next episode man i know <laughs> so i guess that they're not really thinking about this hbo max is thinking about this they're also thinking about like having their fucking stars updating goddamn stories this was this entire application was built by like 90 liberal arts majors who mm-hmm. had all taken like coding boot camp. Okay, Joe, don't make fun of liberal arts majors. Fuck off. <laughs> liberal arts majors bring, they bring were all, a lot to this world. They're all and film they're majors. very important and very useful. 
And I'm saying this so all my friends don't hate me. I love liberal arts majors. I'm not a, I'm not an elitist engineer. I, I do, promise. I do too. They just Yeah, you know, you, you would be a fucking English teacher. They just, but <laughs> they just but, can't build a web application. And that's fine. We also just can't build they can't build a web application and we just can't build a functioning society. So yeah, like exactly. They, you give and you take. They can't build <laughs> a web application and I can't direct a movie. So <laughs> you know, that's fair. I can edit them. Actually, I can't edit a movie. I can do some editing. But either way, service seems cool. Um, it's great. I, I don't know. I didn't originally want to pay for the thing. But like, I, I decided that the Hulu, the bundle, the one that I would, uh, the, I've been talking about for a while, the Hulu Plus, ESPN Plus one, where I basically get Disney Plus for next to nothing. Like, and I'm already paying for those two other services. I'm like, oh, fuck it. Why not? So I got that. So I'm going to keep Disney Plus for that reason. I'm still paying for Apple TV Plus instead right now because I still mm, haven't seen yeah. the I haven't still seen the um, alternate moon landing TV show uh, yet. for all mankind. Yeah, I'm so into I, I love alternate histories like and I mean, Servant I just is coming watching. out. So I want to watch that. Which one? Servant is coming out. They're like, no, I haven't weird. seen that. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't seen. Uh, oh, yeah. I love alternate history stuff. I just finished The Man in the High Castle, a show that just hilariously just from just remembered that some of its main characters are Nazis, <laughs> which <laughs> I find hilarious. Um, but yeah, I might get into those. I don't know. That's either way. Know. Disney Plus is successful. It, it's going to it's going to own the world. All right. Oh, yeah, Speaking d- of things that are going to yeah. own the world, we yes. have uh, Tesla's new Internet truck. Yeah, I could say. This it's expensive joke, and it looks like a triangle. And I would say that honestly, though, this truck as a whole is a shattering event for, <sighs> as for the electronic <laughs> vehicle industry. Okay, so actually, I do. I, <laughs> God, I. All right, I really want to talk about this event. I guess you could I really say you. that it breaks the glass window. <laughs> I I want to apologize. Um, <laughs> I'm really sorry. It, I, I, I i'd like to no, apologize for more. my co-host i have more you can't kill me <laughs> we, all right Joe. we here at home pod defense squad are currently hiring if you're interested <laughs> please send your resume is to home pod defense squad at gmail.com yeah like you fucking check that anyways what's <laughs> so what is it with this truck okay i want to talk about the presentation is it so Mm -hmm. first of all it's a triangle truck great um it's a it's a weird looking truck like that's that's holding and it drives itself Mm -hmm. um but the presentation was so weird so we've been we've been calling elon musk tony stark for for years like literally years but this was the first event where I felt it in my soul, like right. So he he got out. Uh, it was even before he got out on the stage, and he was introduced by like this weird Friday ripoff. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like this yeah. digital woman was projected on a screen. That's hilarious. <laughs> and she introduces him. And he comes out, yeah, in just like this array of lasers and lights and smoke. Okay, 
hold on one second. Keep, keep going, Joe. And it's the most overly dramatic thing I've ever seen in my life. And he talks and he's yelling and he's gesturing wildly. And he finally, finally brings out this ridiculous truck. Yeah. And it's not enough that this thing drives onto the stage looking like, you know, a, a, a polygon you'd draw in fourth grade geometry. But mm-hmm. the people that step out of this of of this of this vehicle are the greatest thing that's great i've ever seen so they look like i i sort of got they're straight out of like blade runner 2049 yes. matrix yes like this is my shit ex machina they are all black trench coats like side shaved hair like swooped Oh my god, yes. Dark dark glasses. I it's I I I don't know what they were thinking. No, they you were know, th- I take that back. I know exactly what they were thinking. They, they were thinking exactly what I was thinking when they got out, which was this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. And yep. these are a bunch of sci-fi people out to kill the Terminator. Right. First off, Joe, I'd like to make a correction to your earlier statement. Elon Musk is not Tony Stark. He's Justin Hammer. Um, I just wanted to I just wanted to clarify that because, like, I don't know. I just I just felt for some reason I had to reference Iron Man, too. It's fine. I'm I'm, I'm glad we could make that clarification. Thank you. But anyways, yeah, this this truck looks fucking insane, Um, but somehow more appealing to me than any truck. Like, I would buy this over a normal-looking truck because at least this thing looks weird rather than, like, looks like I'm going to listen to fucking, um, what is it, uh, Billy Ray Cyrus. So, I don't know. <laughs> no um, one who buys this truck is listening to Billy Ray Cyrus. <laughs> no, in fact, like, actually, I, I was saying earlier that, like, they have these fucking Terminator-ass-looking people coming out of the truck. When in actuality, it's not going to be a Terminator-ass person, but instead a 170-pound Santa Monica software engineer with a calcium deficiency stepping out of this truck. Because, like, <laughs> that's the fucking, that's the type of person who's going to buy this thing. Like, and no, crazy- no one out in the Midwest is going to buy a fucking Tesla truck. No, never. They will never buy this. And the crazy no. thing is... The pre-orders are up. They've already, they've already hit one hundred eighty-seven thousand pre-orders. This, I think it's be- for this driving pyramid of Giza. My my favorite part is that Elon Musk has become such a ridiculous, crazy self-parody of himself that I got fake. I got tricked by a fake interview on Twitter where he basically is talking to an interviewer, telling them that this car does not have a brake pedal because that's something AI does. And when pressing him, he says the car is smarter than you. I saw that. Did you fall for it? I 100% fell for it until I looked into it. I I was like yeah. hook line and sinker. Yeah, because it sounds like like Elon Musk is such a crazy ass fucking human being that he wouldn't put a brake pedal in a goddamn car. Yeah, like no. that's what we think of him now. That is that is that is without a doubt something he would do. He would just no. And and the well the line is the line is what clinches it. Like yeah, 
the truck is smarter than you yeah that is, is that's that's <laughs> this truck is smarter than you is like what clinches the whole thing he's like oh well that's elon musk <laughs> that is you know what what that's an incredible display it. of writing prowess oh my god i cannot wait until fucking aaron sorkin writes the elon musk movie <laughs> oh my god <laughs> anyways um yeah this truck looks fucking insane um looks absolutely bonkers i can't wait to drive through my farmville hometown in the <laughs> tesla cyber truck it, they're they're pro they're probably gonna fucking blast, shoot you in it blasting rascal flats out the windows <laughs> joe they're probably gonna fucking shoot their goddamn M m16s at you like if they're gonna think that like the fucking democrats have come back to invade like that's it's oh my god i mean how so what is the pricing on this truck starts at thirty nine thousand dollars but that's actually fucking good that's actually a really good price it's it's not bad actually it's an insanely good price for this fucking thing like, I, I was I'm like starting at like that's only five thousand dollars more than a model three. Yeah, I included the link where you can design your own cyber truck in the show. Notes. Holy shit. I'm going to spend hours on this fucking thing just in, in the way that I like design my fucking like mass effect vehicles. <laughs> like, I'm not gonna, but it's a real thing that I can buy, which Zero is insane. To 60 miles per hour in six point five seconds. Uh, that's always the first thing that they put on the Tesla website. 250 like, mile range, 7,500 pound towing capacity. The, 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 the thing is, this is, this is a ridiculous truck. And I think the actual design reasons for why this is a ridiculous truck is this. So like Tesla, because they're a car company, they need to make a truck, right? They have to do it to show that there can be electric trucks. However, they are also Tesla. They are a company that builds electric cars for the liberal elites and the cities, right? If you're living in the Midwestern United States, you are not going to buy an electric truck. It doesn't fucking matter how powerful it is. You just do not have the ecosystem. Um, you don't have the ability to charge this fucking thing. And if you're out in the goddamn wilderness, you can't like carry fucking spare cans of gas in order to fill it up if you're fucked. Um, so Tesla has to design a truck, but they can't market it to the people who buy trucks. What do they do? They design a fucking Blade Runner monstrosity. <laughs> um, because And they kind of market it towards the people who already buy Tesla. Right? They basically get people, they get the, the 170-pound uh, Santa Monica software engineer to buy a fucking truck. So, I wouldn't, I would never buy a truck. Why the fuck do I need a truck? But I want the cyber truck. I'll tell you this right now. This mm -hmm. car has single-handedly convinced me that I should move to the San Francisco Bay Area because I want to see it in the wild. Dude. <laughs> it, Seattle's, a, Seattle's a fucking crazy time, too. There's so many Teslas in Seattle. Like, the Bay um, Area and Seattle are the only places I could possibly see these vehicles in the wild, and I need oh, I, to go see them. I see Teslas all the time. My fucking mentor has a Model 3. It's nuts. I love it. Um, Nowhere else in the continental United States am I ever going to see a cyber truck. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> when you see a cyber truck coming down the highway, it looks like you're in that action movie. Like you're probably going to fucking veer away from it. The other thing about the cyber truck is like there's a lot of people that are looking at this thing and they're like, how is this street legal? 
there's a few reasons for why this may or may not be street legal. You might notice that on the front, it's the, the lights that it has are not street legal lights. And you also might not notice, you might notice it doesn't have fucking mirrors. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't have mirrors. <laughs> you make it This car in argument. its current form is not legal to drive in the United States. <laughs> but the mirrors would ruin it. I'm aware. See, what what I'm really hoping for is like, was it LG who made the pop-up camera phone? Yes. That's what I want. Well, I think it's <laughs> LG or Oppo. Oh my God. Yeah, what if the mirrors I, pop out from the sides? But I don't want them to slide out elegantly. I want like a big like latch button, not even a digit, not even like a press it and it responds tactically button. I want like a latch button. So you yeah. hit it, it clicks and they pop out. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I also love that Tesla managed to solve one of their biggest problems, which was repairing their cars by essentially building a fucking um, tardigrade car. <laughs> because they know because right now repairing a Tesla is an absolute nightmare because there's so few parts um, and you have to go to specific like repair stations and you have to wait like months. It's crazy. Um, but with the Cybertruck. This thing will you you will die before this thing does. So, <laughs> like, you don't have to repair it ever, which is pretty cool. We fixed um, our repair problem by making it never break. We we fixed the repair problem by making the truck live longer than you. <laughs> like, the truck lives longer than you. Elon says as he stares at you. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's a it's an absolutely insane fucking vehicle. This truck I don't is know, smarter than you. Elon. This truck is smart. I don't know what to think about it. Um, like Tesla has a lot of um It's okay, Evan. Elon will tell you what to think about it. That's true. And whatever Elon tells me to think, I think. But the I don't know. I love all of Tesla's other cars. I think they're great. Um, I would be happy driving literally any of them. Except this. Um <laughs> I don't know what to make of this. And I'm going to definitely go to a Tesla store like I do basically every month to just sit in the Model 3 and be like, I want this car. Um, we'll, We're going to do a uh, HBDS field trip to the Tesla store they're putting in in Henrietta. Oh, they're putting it. A... Yes. Yes. I passed it today. We'll, uh, we'll do a field yeah, trip. Dude. Oh my god! Yeah, we're gonna do a special podcast. Like we can, we can, li we can literally just. Oh my god! I need to turn my watch off. We can literally just do a fucking um, ten minute podcast from the inside of a closed up cyber truck in the Tesla store. <laughs> oh yeah, that's fucking Test great. The acoustics of the cyber truck. Also, actually, wait a minute. The fact that there's gonna be one in Henrietta now means that there's actually chargers in Henrietta. Uh, hmm. Yeah. There you go. Hmm. All right. I think that about hmm. wraps it up for today. I think it does. Now that we've thoroughly uh, made fun of the Cybertruck and yes. definitely not considered purchasing one. Cybertruck Defense Squad. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow Evan at Evan Extreme. You can follow me That's at right. Pith P I T H B I F T H. And you can follow the show at HomePod Squad. 
And you can email us, HomePodDefenseSquad at gmail.com. If you want to send us an email or if you want to slide into our DMs, they are always open. And of course, our website, Zoom.rocks. Don't forget to go to formerly iTunes now, Apple Podcasts, and leave us a five-star review. All right. If you don't, I'll shut the podcast reviews down. (laughs) Thanks, guys. We'll see you all next week.